Today's Coffee Connection is Zachary Nanji, DAD Young Ambassador, Study Abroad Alumnus at the LMU Munich, and participant at the Diversity Abroad Global Student Leadership Summit in 2021. My name is Hanni Geist. Welcome to Coffee Connections. Zachary Nanji is currently a Senior Honors International Development and Management student at McGill University in Canada. Originally from the UK, he started learning German at Eton College and visited Munich and Bonn via a school exchange that planted the seed for a six-month stay at the Ludwig Maximilian University of Munich during the 2019 academic year. As a young ambassador, he shares his passion for international travel and offers insightful best practices to get the most out of an international university exchange. In 2021, he was nominated by DAD to participate at the Diversity Abroad Global Student Leadership Summit, where he got to reflect further on his experience and further develop skills related to global diversity, equity, and inclusion. And now, have a listen. My name is Zachary Nanji. I was born and grew up in the United Kingdom. And in 2015, I was fortunate to gain a scholarship to study in London for my pre-university qualifications. I studied German, maths, further maths and economic. And that was where I kind of, well, my passion for German language was kindled. And so fast forward to um, present day, I'm currently studying at McGill University. I'm now in my final year, uh, studying honors international development studies with a minor in management. In the winter term of 2019, uh, I was able to actually go to Germany on exchange through McGill University. So I was there in Germany for six months, studying at Ludwig Maximilians Universität, uh, so LMU in Munich in Germany. And I really enjoyed this experience. It was, you know, I am an international stu student in Canada already. So, um, as I mentioned, I'm from the UK. Some people might ask, you know, why go to Germany if you're already an international student, you know, if you're already kind of on a kind of exchange thing in Canada. But I wanted to be a bit closer to home. I wanted to return to Europe for a brief period of time. And I just wanted to, you know, gain another international experience because I do believe that you can't really have enough of them, to be honest. Um, I love traveling. I love expanding my cultural horizons, getting to know different people, different ways of life. So, yeah, that's a bit about me. Since you mentioned other experiences too, I know you studied in other countries and just so that listeners know what other experience you had, would you just mention those very briefly? In 2018, I actually went to India uh, for an internship. So I was there in India for three months. I worked with a nonprofit organization which seeks to uh, improve the educational quality for underprivileged children in, in the Tamil Nadu region of India. So as I mentioned, I was there for three months working for that organization. Um, and more, more recently, I did an internship with uh, a nonprofit organization based in Kenya. Because of the COVID-19 pandemic, this was a remote internship, so I didn't travel. But it was still a great opportunity to you know, get some cross-cultural uh, experience. You know, I was managing a uh, multinational tutoring program, which pairs 25 McGill students with, uh, with, um, with children in rural Kenya. So I love that international experience, even though I was able to do it from home. You know, it's the pandemic, so we've got to adapt and be flexible with the kind of things we're doing at the moment. I'm fortunate to be able to, to travel to, to Canada, to travel back and forth between Canada and the UK um, at the moment, even though you do have to put up with the quarantine requirements and things like that. But um, so yeah, I've had quite a few international experiences. 
So how did you find out about the opportunity to go to the LMU in Munich? I was fortunate to be given a scholarship to study at McGill and um, the original, well, when the seed was originally planted was when I uh, met with a financial aid advisor or a scholarships advisor at, at my university. And they mentioned to me, you know, in future years at McGill, you could actually go on exchange to a place like Germany because they knew that I spoke a good level of German already. The best way to learn a language is to be immersed in full German-speaking environment. Many people in Germany do speak English, but I wanted to get the chance to speak German in Germany. I feel like that's a very unique opportunity. But I mean, during my high school uh, years, I was able to go to Germany twice on exchange. Firstly, I went to Munich, but I was in Munich for about a week. And then in 2016, I went to Bonn, again on exchange with, with high school. This was a great opportunity to speak some German. When I first went to Munich, my German was coming along, but I wasn't quite fluent. And I was suddenly thrown into a situation where I was speaking German, you know, all parts of the day with a German speaking family, which was a little bit intimidating at first. But throughout the week, I could feel my German was getting you know, better and better. And I, I love that. I love the experience of learning in that way. And so that's one of the reasons why I decided to return to Germany on exchange during my, during my McGill degree and go for a much longer period of time, you know, six months compared to a week, 10 days that I had been before. Before I ask you to go a little bit more into detail about your six-month experience, DAD's headquarters is in Bonn, but a lot of people oh. probably don't know a whole lot about Bonn. Can you share what your experience was and what Bonn means to you and what you can do there? Yes, so, so we flew into Cologne to go to Bonn. Um, Cologne is a big city near Bonn. From my understanding, and if I get this wrong, my, my old German teacher would be a bit uh, angry, but from my understanding, Bonn was the capital of East Germany previously? No? West. <laughs> West Germany. West Germany. That's right. Okay. <laughs> so maybe my geography teacher would be a, a bit angry with me. But, uh, <laughs> uh, so yeah, it's a culturally very interesting city. Um, yeah, we visited things like the botanical gardens there. I stayed with a lovely German family there. It's a personally significant place for me because of the memories that I created there and um, some very nice fond memories of Bonn. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's a little bit eerie. It, there are some parts of Bonn where so Bad Godesberg is where the DAD office is. And there's, uh, there's a, the section of the city where you have the former embassies because it was the yeah. capital of the former West. Of course, yeah. you had a lot of embassies in, in town or outside of the town. So when you walk through, there are some of the buildings that are empty. No one is in there. Um, so it's quite interesting to go through those parts of the city to, to see like the old um, kind of part of the former capital. You were a young ambassador and you did a lot of work for us and, and did outreach. What would you say to someone who does not know a whole lot about Germany? What was your experience and how would you describe living in Germany? As I said, I was based in Munich. I also had the chance to travel around Germany. So I went to Berlin, I went to Frankfurt. It's got a lot of history and I think that It's always great to learn about the history of the country that you're visiting before you actually go there. You know, in high school, I studied the Berlin Wall and the, the Mauerfall. And so going to Berlin really brought these 
uh, learnings um, into real life. But I could see the remnants of the Berlin Wall. I could see, you know, East Berlin. I could see West Berlin. And so I think learning a bit about the history and the culture before you actually go and travel is always, it's never going to hurt to do that. In general, I found that, you know, people in Germany were extremely friendly and um, they were always willing to, to help out if my German was not, you know, completely up to scratch. And they would do that in a friendly way, either by, you know, correcting me or, you know, just being accepting and tolerant of the fact that I'm not a native German speaker. And so I really loved that learning opportunity and learning uh, experience. Aside from that, you know, Germany, it's in a great place in Europe because you can, can travel to Central Europe, East Europe. It was close to the UK. And so I was able to travel, see my friends who are on exchange in, in Spain. And I went to France and Paris because I speak French as well. And so for the, for the reasons described above, I mean, these are, this is why I wanted to be a German Young Ambassador with the DAAD. I wanted to share my experience that I had in Germany with other students, try and share some of that passion for Germany and for international experiences. And I think that I've been doing a decent job of that so far, I, I'd like to say myself. Yes, you are. <laughs> You're one of the young ambassadors that Ethan, our colleague in New York, is responsible, highly recommended I speak to. Uh, thank you. What are the things that maybe surprised you? You said you had in experience, short-term experience before you went on the six months, but what are the, what are the things maybe that surprised you? I mean, we, we've spoken a bit about it before, Hani, but um, I think that it's good to kind of pause and reflect before you go on an international experience, um, thinking about what you really want to get out of it, thinking about how you're going to manage because it can be stressful going into a, a foreign country as a student it could be potentially isolating if you don't have connections there beforehand and so you've really got to do the the kind of legwork once you get there to establish that uh, network and so what surprised me I guess was uh, myself to be honest um, I surprised myself by how I was able to establish a network in Germany by For example, meeting with a, a meditation group once or twice a week. I made some good connections there, which I'm still in contact with today. And my German experience was uh, back in 2019, the most recent one. So I'm pretty proud of that. Aside from that, what surprised me was, as I mentioned, you know, how friendly people were to me there, how they were willing to accept the fact that I was not a native German speaker, but I was doing my best. I think that's the main thing at the end of the day. <laughs> Um, of course. Yeah. And, and, you know, as a, as a former German teacher, I only did it for two years. It's really about communicating. If you can mm. communicate, which means if you can make yourself understood, then you're doing well. It doesn't have to be perfect in terms of grammar. I mean, some native speakers don't have uh, the best grammar, yeah. so that's not really what's what's important. But you talked about something really important, and that is suggestions on how to really engage with the community, because oftentimes when I talk to students who went or students who want to go it's like will I make friends how am I going to improve my German how am I going to immerse myself in the 
culture. So you mentioned you joined a meditation group and you said you're still in touch with them. So that's a great way. Were there other things that you would recommend that students can do to engage more with the community? Yes, um, I think personal connections, they're oftentimes based on, you know, things that you have in common with other people. For me, it was meditation, but it could be, you know, dance or it could be uh, another sport. It's about establishing that mutual connection, understanding with another human being, I think, that allows you to build up the network. So that would be my, my recommendation. Yeah. How did you find out about the meditation group? Yes, so my mum is a keen meditator. She was the one who originally encouraged me to start meditation at the beginning. And so she found that there was a, a meditation group in Munich, which was meeting, you know, frequently. And so she she put me in touch with them. So I'm very grateful to my mom for mm-hmm. putting me into contact initially with them, because I think it can be sometimes difficult to make that first mm-hmm. uh, initial contact with you know, a stranger, but then it's so easy once you actually yeah. get talking to them and establish that, um, that connection, yeah. Mm-hmm. When you talk to other students at your university or somewhere else and talked about your experience, what are the things that you wish you had known now in retrospect that maybe would have helped you in preparing for your study abroad in Germany? My university was pretty good in terms of preparing students for traveling. Um, they had a big pre-departure orientation session bef- before I went to Germany. And that briefed me on things like cross-cultural communication, on like, you know, the basics of um how to locate the, the embassy, the, you know, the emergency services if you ever needed to. And that gave me a peace of mind when I was actually in Germany because I knew about these, how to contact these services beforehand. One thing I wish that I had known or had done maybe before I went to Germany was to take that moment to reflect on what I was really looking for in terms of um, what I wanted to well, in particular, what relationships I wanted to build with other people. And so maybe some kind of inner reflection on my values or, or what I look for in, in friends in those kind of relationships as well. And I think that maybe just, you know, taking some time to jot down these things on paper would have made it a bit more tangible and real. And perhaps that could have made it a bit easier when I was actually in Germany to um, make those connections a bit more quickly. Mm. Uh, yeah. Although I, I think, and, and as you said, a lot of the reflecting and, and learning more about yourself happens while you are abroad and while you are put into uh, some situations that um, maybe get you out of your comfort zone. And that leads me to another question. You had the chance to participate in the Diversity Abroad Global Leadership Summit. And so for those that are not familiar, the Global Student Leadership Summit is uh, the Diversity Abroad Leadership Conference for students who are interested in further developing skills related to global diversity, equity, and inclusion. And that is the, the opportunity to reflect afterwards, right? Can you share a little bit more about your experience with that conference? Yeah, so I, I really enjoyed um the Diversity Abroad Conference. Throughout the three-day uh, conference, there were various speakers who came and spoke 
to us. Um, it was a completely on, online conference, the pandemic. I'm not sure if they do it in person in a normal year. Yeah, yeah they so. would. They would. Unfortunately, um, they uh, were not able to do that in person the past two years. Yeah, but I mean, it's still a lot more accessible, I think, when you are able to join the conference from, you know, I was based in Montreal. So, I mean, there are pros and cons of both, but there were some really inspiring speakers. I especially enjoyed Dr. Vincey Ho's talk on, you know, traveling in a way which is compassionate and uh, sustainable, not just uh, environmentally, but socially as well. That was a really interesting talk. And aside from that, we had various workshops. Um, I particularly enjoyed the discussion on identity. I learned a new concept during this workshop. It was about salient identity. So this is the idea that um, your identity is not static, it's in flux and it can change. Uh, it can change depending on the situation, the context that you're in. And that was a new idea for me. So as I mentioned, I love new, learning new things and this was a new learning for me. Can you share maybe a little bit if you feel comfortable what what you got out of that specifically regards to your personality and your experience? So, I mean, at a basic level, you know, you exhibit different personality traits based on where you are. You know, I'm not the same person, well, I say not the same person, but not the same person with my friends as I am with my work colleagues or as I am with, um, you know, even traveling abroad or going to Germany compared to when I'm at home in the UK, you know, there, my, my identity can uh, exhibit different or can manifest itself in different ways depending on the context that I'm in. Yeah, just thinking about which aspects of my identity are more important or more, more salient, more that I'm more conscious of in different contexts. And maybe to, to use an example, um, I come from a mixed race background. Um, my father's British, my mom is originally from India. This, you know, is something that manifests itself differently in different contexts. In the UK, I grew up in a place which was, there weren't so many people that looked like me, basically. It was an environment which was fairly rural, I would say, in my hometown. Probably There's, very homogenous. Uh, yeah, homogenous, you, you could say that. And then I come to Montreal, uh, where I currently study, and um, it's very cosmopolitan. I feel maybe there are a lot more people who, you know, look like me. That's not to say that, that I don't feel discomfort in certain uh, situations, but um, it's just interesting to think about how my identity manifests itself in different places in different ways. My first experience in the United States coming from Germany was as an au pair for a year, so I was a nanny. And there wasn't really anything to prepare me for the experience. And also afterwards, there was no follow-up. There was no unpacking my experience. And there was no information also how you feel all of a sudden when you have the what, what we call reverse culture shock, right? Where you're all of a sudden back in your home country. And as you alluded to, you're not the same person. You, um, of course, you're you're still you, but you've learned a lot and maybe some of your perspectives changed. So how has that process been for you? And maybe in talking to other students, what are things that you can recommend for students to do or just your experience 
if you can share that. Yeah, so um, I acknowledge that reverse culture shock is real. Um, it does happen. And I think one aspect of it is the fact that you, as you mentioned, honey, like you learn so much when you're abroad, your personality does change. Um, you grow as a person. And when you come back, maybe other people in your circle, they, they don't recognize this as much. You know, you can even find yourself a bit distanced from your original uh, circles um, because you've, you've kind of evolved and changed as a person. What I would recommend is journaling. I find that journaling is helpful to do some inner reflection. Um, aside from the, the kind of therapeutic aspects that it has of, you know, getting your thoughts out on paper, expressing yourself, expressing emotions on paper, I think that it's a really useful tool to do some inner reflection, you know, think about what your experience has meant to you, what your experience abroad has meant to you, um, and how you have actually changed to the person and put that down on paper because it makes it a lot more tangible and real. And I find that the, the actual process of mentally making, mentally formulating the words and putting it down on paper does make it more concrete and it can normalize the whole aspect of reverse culture shock, which could otherwise be potentially a bit stressful for, for certain people because it is a shock as the, as the name suggests. <laughs> um, so for someone who is about to go abroad and or maybe is currently abroad or came back and doesn't have that, not the ability to reflect because there are not the resources potentially on, on campus, what are we actually talking about? Like, what is culture shock? And what do you, how do you know this is, uh, this is what you're experiencing? Can you give some examples? When I was in Germany, I, you know, every day I was sort of, I used the word challenged. It wasn't like <laughs> it was some ordeal, but I was challenged <laughs> mentally because, you know, mm -hmm. I was speaking a second language. I was in an unfamiliar environment. You know, even after six months, it was still an unfamiliar environment mm -hmm. compared to, the UK or Canada where I'd spent numerous years and so coming back to well once I left Germany I actually went home to the UK before coming back to Canada and um, coming back to the UK I felt you know a bit like understimulated I would say. <laughs> I can see that <laughs> and yeah. this was a bit of a shock to the system compared to the previous six months I'd spent in Germany because um, as I say those, those challenges that I'd been facing weren't there at the same time, it was nice because I was able to take a breather and reflect. But I have come to realize that that stimulation is something that I need. <laughs> it's something that As I, you, you said, know, you, you had for. another experience and you probably yeah. um, what I also experienced is you, you want to learn more. You want to experience more and also live in other places and not just where yeah. you're comfortable. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And that's the reason why I love being in Canada as well. I'm also looking to stay in Canada once I graduate. I'm not saying anything wrong about being anything bad about being home or mm -hmm. being in the UK, but uh, as you say, like I love being abroad and I love traveling and experiencing different places. So um, we talked about experiences, but what are the things maybe just kind of the everyday um, like maybe things there are in Germany that you missed once you came back home to Canada? I missed the the U-Bahn, the, the mm -hmm. subway system. <laughs> I, I just loved the freedom to travel to different places in Munich. And it was so 
easy to get around on the, on the subway and you could be in you know the other side of Munich within half an hour so I, I would use the U-Bahn to go to my meditation uh, sessions on the other side of town and I, I was living in the Olympisches Dorf so the Olympic village which hosted oh, you, the, so you live where the where the Olympic village was yeah I was living in the Olympic village um, it was where the 1972 or 76 Olympic Games were in Munich. Mm -hmm. I, it's one of the two. That was really fun to live in that in that village. And it was that's well interesting. I I I didn't know that that's something. Well, of course they they want to use the facilities, but I didn't know that those are. Is this mainly student housing, or is this housing just in general? Yes, it's uh it's mainly student housing now. Um, mm. but it's where the athletes originally stayed, obviously for the. Olympics so it's pretty cool oh. to you know be in that part of history it's <laughs> yeah. good to know so for someone who's going to Munich that's an option for students to actually go and live in the Olympic village yeah I would highly recommend it it's next to the Olympic Park which is a big green space and you've got the Olympic Stadium there as well and it's yeah, it's a lovely environment to live in that's that's actually reminding me of another question that I'd like to ask, and that's what are the things that you recommend visitors go to in Germany that's not the, um, the well-known sites or the well-known places? And you just mentioned the Olympic Village, which I didn't know that that's actually um, a place where you can rent student housing. What are maybe other things that are not so well-known that you really enjoyed? It really depends on your interests. If you love your history, then obviously the museum is a great place. For me, I love being outdoors, which is why I bring up the Olympic Village. And, um, you know, I love going for walks there and uh, being in the fresh air. They have a nice pool as well. So I, <laughs> I swam in the Olympic pool, which was pretty cool. That's a um, really cool thing uh, <laughs> to, to say. Like, by the way, I swam in the Olympic pool <laughs> in Munich. Yeah, yeah. So it does depend on your interests. But at the same time, like traveling abroad, you do learn new things about yourself. And so I think it's a great opportunity to try to experience many different things that could be could be going to the museums. It could be visiting. You know, it could be even be visiting the landmarks to see what kind of things pique your interest and what kind of things you're passionate about. Nightlife as well, you know, seeing friends going out just learning a bit more about what you enjoy, uh, what you don't enjoy so much. For me, I'm not a big party person. <laughs> so the nightlife is not something that- Yeah, uh, with you, I'm I... more of the small gathering and more quiet <laughs> places type of person. Yeah, yeah, um, that's right, yeah. And that's something that, you know, I've come to learn through my, my travels and through the personal growth that I've had. And so I would really recommend, you know, throwing yourself into as much as possible when you're when you're abroad if you feel comfortable and safe to do so because you get to learn new things about your, yourself and I think that's very valuable yeah but I do want to know maybe a city or a place that is not known at all that you maybe visited that you could recommend there is a place that I really loved and that was the the German parliament you know with the, with the dome on top and then I was able to go into the, the parliament building and go you know up the spiral dome at the top and that was you know really cool because it was like being at the center of you know German politics in my own kind of special way 
I am interested in you know international affairs, international politics, international relations. That's why I study international developments at McGill. And so I, I loved being able to see where the big decisions in Germany are made. I didn't get to see the Chancellor, unfortunately, but um, <laughs> I was able to see where they work, which is the, the main thing. And it's a beautiful building. It's a really, sure, once you yeah. go on top of that dome, you have a really good view of the city as well. So mm. it's a history, but also sightseeing in, in one place. I asked a lot of the questions now that I had. Is there something that you maybe wanted to share? I do still leverage my German to make new connections. At McGill, there's the German Studies Association, and um, every week they have a uh, event where you can come and speak German in a small group of people. And it's a way to you know meet people, keep the German going at the same time. You know, I love being able to expand my network, and German is a German language is a tool which I can use to do this, to, to meet people who I might not otherwise have the chance to meet. And I mentioned being at the German parliament. I think being in Germany, you know, the UK is no longer part of the EU, unfortunately, but um, I, I loved being able to see, you know, how my own career could be an international one, you know, I've been able to culminate, I've been able to accumulate various international experiences now. And um, I realized that I want travel to be a big part of my career. German has opened many doors for me. You know, most recently being a German Young Ambassador, I'm very grateful to have been nominated for the Diversity Abroad Conference, but also to be able to meet new students through this experience, um, through this role, as well as have access to resources and experiences such as event planning, uh, organization and skills such as that. I mean, I'd love to work again with Germans in the future. Um, I did actually apply for an internship last year um, with the Embassy of Canada to Germany. It didn't work out for various reasons, but you know, learning German and having been to Germany, it means that I'm open to these kind of experiences and mm -hmm. these kind of um, opportunities and activities and you know German is a part of my life now it's you know it manifests itself in the connections that I made in my, in my friendship circles um, you know in my brain you know I'm almost trilingual now I speak English French and German and you know learning a foreign language has shown to have, has been shown to have many benefits for your cognitive abilities Next on my list is Spanish. Uh, I want to learn Spanish. <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> learning a new language just opens so many doors. It allows you to meet people who you might not, not otherwise have the chance to meet. And you never know where these connections are going are gonna to take you. Um, could be, you know, a career, could be a relationship, could be, could be anything. This was my coffee connection with Zachary Nanji. You can connect with Zachary via LinkedIn. All content is created and edited by me, Honey Geist. If you would like to get in touch, send an email to geist at dad.de. Thanks for listening. I'll catch you at the next coffee break.